What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you for tuning in. I missed you guys. If you are an avid listener, you noticed that last week, the week of July 4th, we did not release an episode. And honestly, it felt really strange to not be sending out an episode into the world and promoting it and connecting with you and hearing back what you thought about it. Um, I missed it. Um, So I don't know. I don't know if I'll be doing that again. It was just um, a much needed break. But I just love this so much. I love connecting with you. You guys are the best listeners in the planet. Um, And I really appreciate all of the feedback that you've been giving. And I just love sharing um, uh, amazing guests with you and and their stories and and the information that they're bringing to the forefront, Um, especially when it's something that most people don't even know about. I love that. That's like my favorite thing of all. Um, And so I feel like I'm doing a good job of that this week. Um, I have on the show Amy Jean Davis. She is a voice for the voiceless. She is the founder of LA Animal Safe, which is an organization that goes to the slaughterhouse outside and they look the animals in the eye, they give them water, they bring awareness to what actually happens when animals are brought to slaughter and made into food. Um, And so, you know, I've known about organizations like this for a long time, but you know what? Most people don't. They're not aware of it. And if they are, they're not really paying attention. So, of course, we talk about animal rights in this episode, but really we talk about all of the different reasons that people go vegan. We talk about the health implications. We talk about global warming um, because a lot of people don't realize that animal agriculture is a huge uh, cause of global warming. Um, Most people just think it's you know, carbon and carbon dioxide from cars and and factories. And that's simply not true. So we talk a lot about that. And we talk about, you know, why humans are actually designed to eat more plants than animals and why that is. Um, And we talk a lot about how the meat and dairy industry and the pharmaceutical industry has been in in a great partnership for them over the past 50 plus years in promoting their products and keeping the majority of Americans fat and sick so that they will keep being good uh, consumers. So this is a a very fun episode to bring to the world, essentially, uh, because we are listened to all over the planet, which is so exciting. And um, and it makes me me really proud to do this kind of work because so many people, I think, are busy and they're not aware always um, about what's really going on in the world. But when you start to talk about it and and have guests like Amy on platforms like this, more and more people are catching on and more and more people are not going to put really nasty things into their bodies and feed them to their children, even if they're really busy. And even if, you know, they've got a lot going on because now they know. And it's like, once you know, that's it. You can't go back. Um, so I'm so excited to share this episode with you. If you love it, please share it with a friend. Uh, please leave us a five-star review. And so, you know, the point is that we can get this information out to more and more people because it's important. I mean, you look around, we talk about this in the episode, you look around at an American airport and what do you see? You see overweight children and you see overweight people all over. And it's, it's really becoming an epidemic um, of health in, in our society. Um, so I'm honored to, to bring this episode to your ears and I'd love for you to share it. Without further ado, here is my episode with Amy. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. This is the organic USA-grown CBD line that I created to help all you mamas out there battle stress and anxiety naturally and to stop snapping at your kids and husbands, even though sometimes we all know that they need it. Uh, You can get yours at motherhoodunstressed.com. And before I go, I wanted to let you know we just released a new product. It's a soothing scent balm. Um, This is a cream that you can put on anywhere on your body and immediately you will feel uh, relief. I loved it. I tested it for months before I presented it to you. It works amazingly well on menstrual cramps and soreness after the gym. Oh my gosh. So I'm so excited you guys to share this with you. You can get at the website and uh, definitely pick some up today. Well, hello, Amy. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm really excited to talk about everything veganism and animal rights. And I know that's kind of a a sensitive topic for a lot of people, especially when you get into tradition and culture and things like that. So I'm excited to provide the space for you to talk about what you do in the world. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I couldn't be more excited to be here. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Um, How did you get into animal activism and specifically Animal Safe LA? 
Well, I went vegan in 2002. I was going to school at Purdue University in Indiana and it was my junior year and I thought, you know what? I should I should go vegetarian. It's my first year where I'm living off campus in my own apartment. I'm totally responsible for my own food. So I decided to go vegetarian then and it wasn't about a month later that I ran into a woman who was handing out these leaflets called Why Vegan. And it's from an organization called Vegan Outreach. And that was the first time, even though I was 20 years old and in the honors classes since basically third grade, it was the first time I realized or that I learned that a dairy cow is impregnated and gives birth before she begins lactating. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, how did I go through all these years of school and not know this very basic biological fact? And I still have arguments with adults uh, today who do not believe that. And the other thing I learned that day was that male chicks in the egg industry, since since egg laying uh, chickens are a very specific type of chicken, not the same as our, quote, meat chickens, male chickens don't lay eggs, so they get ground up alive the day they're born. So when I learned those two things, I thought, well, if I'm vegetarian for the animals at all, I need to not eat dairy and eggs as well, because they're actually worse as far as the suffering goes uh, than the meat industry. So that's when I made the connection. However, I did not become an activist for about 10 years. So Mm -hmm. I was one of those personal choice vegans uh, and I, I, and in looking back, I realized I didn't believe that animals really deserved uh, moral consideration that, that what happened to them, you know, was whatever human decided they, they wanted to happen to them. So if they wanted to eat them, they got to eat them. It was, it was our personal choice as humans. So, uh, looking back, I wish I, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I had been speaking up for the animals from the, the moment I went vegan, but 10 years of personal choice vegan. And then I learned that not only do we not need any nutrition coming from animal flesh or their byproducts, we're actually more unhealthy if we try to get our nutrition through those avenues. And then I thought, well, then why is anybody eating animals? It's bad for them and it's bad for the animals. And so that's when I started speaking out on social media and uh, then a couple years later, I got invited by Toronto Pig Save to come up to Toronto to come to a pig vigil. And the reason they were inviting me is because they saw my activity on social media, speaking up for the animals. And they also saw that I had been in the top 24 on American Idol season seven. And they thought if, if I come to a vigil, perhaps a, a media outlet or two would come up to the vigil as well to cover it. And a couple outlets did come, uh, which is good. Always good to get more attention on the animals. But that was the moment when I thought to myself, okay, beyond the social media activism I was doing, I needed to get more active. And so uh, about a year later, I founded LA Animal Save from there. And so we're the biggest group within the whole Animal Save movement, which is global. There's over 700 groups in 70 countries and growing every day. Wow. That's amazing. And I, I love that it was that one moment where you realized, you know, I can do more with the voice in the platform that I've built. And then you did it because so many people, I think, realize the potential that they have in the world, but then they don't take that next step. Um, but going back, talk to us a little bit about the health implications. You know, you know, obviously, a lot of people will say, well, you need meat and you need dairy and you need all these things. Why do you think that that's not true? Well, yeah, we are taught in school that humans are omnivores, that we need animal products and, and plants to get our nutrition. And this is not true. It's just simply not true. When you actually look at the anatomy of an herbivore, an omnivore, and a carnivore, omnivores and carnivores are actually very similar. And it's because those two groups of beings can actually survive on animal products alone. So they have to have the system uh, set up to to handle animal flesh, just constant animal flesh. Mm-hmm. And so omnivores and carnivores, they don't have teeth like herbivores. They don't have flat molars. They have blade-shaped molars that sort of set into each other. They, for the most part, will just bite and swallow their food. They, they will crush it a little bit, especially with omnivores. 
but for the most part, they just bite and swallow. If you've ever given for, for the people out there who are dog lovers, if you've ever handed your dog a treat and you really expected them to chew it a little bit and they seem to just swallow it, you're like, Whoa, man, <laughs> you just, you know, you're not even going to chew it. Yeah. He's not going to chew it because he's an omnivore and omnivores don't chew their food. Uh, omnivores and carnivores, they don't have digestive enzymes in their saliva. Herbivores do. They have carbohydrate dissolving enzymes in their saliva. And so it's very important for herbivores to chew up their food. That's why they have those flat molars to just crush and crush. And we can move our jaws from left to right, up and down, front to back. Carnivores and omnivores are just up and down. Uh, And so these are just a couple of the parts of our anatomy that show that we're definitely herbivores. And the list goes on and on and on the more you actually look objectively at anatomy, the length of our uh, large intestine, the style of our large intestine, uh, the pH of our stomach acid. I mean, it's so crazy because one of the most prescribed medications in America is uh, Prilosec or generic version thereof. And it actually weakens our stomach acid because so many people have heartburn and stomach problems because they're eating a food, uh, animal flesh or, or their byproducts where the stomach realizes, okay, I need to be a little bit more acidic to break this food down. Mm. And so the, the acid level drops, meaning lowers on the pH spectrum. So it gets more acidic and then it's, it doesn't feel good to us. So we have to take this Prilosec. <laughs> And, and so it's like we're fighting against our own biology by, by putting the wrong fuel in. It's just, it's the wrong f- fuel. And then the main thing that I want to highlight is a really important one. Uh, the reason why we die. The reason why most people will die in America and actually most people will die, generally speaking, across the whole world. We as herbivores have no need for dietary cholesterol. And cholesterol is produced in the liver of animals, including humans. So we make all the cholesterol we need. And then when we eat other animals, we're eating their cholesterol. It doesn't matter how fat or skinny that animal is. We're going to eat their cholesterol. It's in their body. And then what we do with that cholesterol is we actually will store it inside the endothelium, which is that layer of cells inside our blood vessels. We'll store it right inside that, that blood vessel wall and it packs up and packs and packs and packs and becomes plaque and it becomes scar tissue and it impedes blood flow and eventually a heart attack for most people. Now, you know, it's like, it's, it's akin to tar building up in a smoker's lungs. You're breathing it in and instead, since we're not meant to be smoking cigarettes, our lungs, this is just naturally what they do. They, the tar gets sticking and builds up in our lungs. Now, what happens when we stop smoking? Our lungs over time will purge all of that tar out to the point where you can look at lungs of a, of a previous smoker who quit many years ago and their lungs look no different from someone who never smoked at all. This is the magic of the human body. We heal. We heal when we allow our bodies to heal. And we do the same thing with this cholesterol. So we stop bringing the cholesterol in. Our body can slowly purge any of it that hasn't already turned into scar tissue and and serious plaque. We can purge so much of it that our blood vessels will dilate again. They'll become flexible again. We'll be able to have maximum blood flow for general everything for living Mm -hmm. (laughs) and breathing. And so Um, so it's just really important for people to understand that dietary cholesterol and even saturated fat, they're non-essential nutrients. And not only are they non-essential, but dietary cholesterol has no business coming into our body and saturated fat. We can have a little bit of it, but when we eat lots, large amounts of saturated fat, which is prevalent in the animal kingdom, it actually works with cholesterol to make the whole problem of atherosclerosis worse. So we just don't need to eat it. And you know, we need to focus on where are we getting our vitamins and minerals and our fiber and yes, protein, but protein deficiency is basically a non-issue in America. Everyone, everyone who is eating enough calories for their, their life stage and their activity level get more than enough protein, too much protein. Kidney disease is actually one of our top 10 causes of death and it's caused by the overconsumption of animal protein. So it's, so this is just, one of those situations where the industries 
in power, namely the meat and dairy industry combined with the medical industry, combined with the pharmaceutical industry, combined with our government, unfortunately, the USDA, we're getting this information that we need to eat these things to be healthy and it couldn't be farther from the truth. But it's hard to to go up against you know, the second most powerful department of government when they have these other industries that are all working together to, to communicate to us, this is what you need to eat to be healthy. And so it's, it's an uphill battle, but every day it gets easier every day, thankfully, because of the internet and the access to information and, and unbiased science, we're seeing the truth. We have access to the truth and then social norm is starting to shift every day. I just, I love it. I love seeing the articles come out in mainstream news uh, about how, oh, it turns out that, you know, white meat is no healthier than red meat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Great. Now everybody here, listen, like, um, and so uh, it's changing, it's changing and the information is getting out there. And thankfully the younger generations know, oh, if I want to learn something, all I have to do is do some research online and not believe the first source that I read and, you know, and be, you know, analyze these articles, ask who funded this scientific study and, and what were their, what were their variables that they studied and and getting smart about who they're listening to as far as their sources of information. So it's just a matter of time that the whole humans are omnivores, uh, myth fallacy will go away and we'll realize that we're actually herbivores and we're healthier when we get all of our nutrition from plants. And of course there's the one nutrient B12 that comes from a bacteria and, um, and then of course, vitamin D from the sun, which, you know, because of technology, we can live in areas of the world where it's very cold a lot of the year, not that, you know, some, some people love it. Some people hate it, mm-hmm. but, but it, we can get our vitamin D from a supplement if we're not in a very sunny area of the planet. Um, so no need to, no need to filter our nutrients through an animal's body and then take on the saturated fat and cholesterol that come along with it. Right. Absolutely. And I think one of the most important things that you said through all of that is that there is this system in place that is basically inundating us from birth with false information. And, you know, whether it's because of money, probably, (laughs) um, and just these agreements that have been in place for, you know, probably 50 plus years, you know, it's, it's something, it's definitely an uphill battle, but luck, you know, thankfully there is the internet and there are people like you out in the world you know, bringing behind the scenes footage to the masses and saying, Hey, look at this, you know, this has been hidden for years and years and years, how animals are treated, how they're brought up, you know, what they're giving to the animals to keep them alive, essentially long enough for processing, uh, slaughter. Um, look at this. And, and that's really, I think hitting home with a lot of people, especially the younger generation, because it is so shocking when you do look behind the veil and you see what's been happening and, and what you are actually being served, you know, in restaurants and things like that. No one wants to eat it. Um, but going back to culture, um, what do you think is, is the best way to make that shift, you know, baby steps towards having some of the older generation and, you know, even people in their thirties now who are kind of thinking about going vegan or having a more vegan lifestyle, how can you start to help them make that shift? Well, I think what is easiest is, especially if you're someone who's trying to reach people and the people that you know, and they've, they've asked you, Hey, well, what about this or that? And they're asking you questions and you're so excited and you just want to tell them everything all at once. (laughs) Uh, Find what is important to these people. Find find what they care about. Is it, is it really health? And specifically what kind of health? Like did their father die of a heart attack at 55, which is unfortunately so common. Did their mother die of cancer at 45 and, and show them the the scientific information that shows that their rate, their risk of those diseases falls dramatically on a whole foods plant-based diet. Um, and so People are going to be open to what they're interested in. If they're interested in health, if they're interested in the environment, if they're interested in the very best decisions they can make to combat world hunger, they want to fight water pollution, plastic in the oceans, which most of it comes from fishing. So there's, unfortunately, animal agriculture touches so many things in our lives uh, locally and globally uh, in a negative way. But uh, on the pro side of that, 
we have so many different avenues that we can reach people and people can start off. Well, okay. I'm interested in this part. I'm not interested in animal rights. I'm not interested in the environment. I'm not interested in all the other things, but this really, really is interesting to me. So I want to learn more about this and just start there. And if you, if it's not people, us being activists for our friends and family and strangers, and it's just people out there listening right now who are curious, just start, you know, Googling what you're curious about. How does a vegan diet affect cancer rates and just, and keep reading and keep reading. And it will give you the inspiration to make changes, whether they're big or small. But generally speaking, if somebody was just curious, not so much in the health aspect really, but just in the food, like the taste, well, I heard vegan food tastes like cardboard or grass. (laughs) Um, Luckily today you can go to almost any grocery store and buy a plant-based milk. More than one is available. You can buy plant-based milk, plant-based cheeses, which are incredible. They're so good. Plant-based butter is so easy and everywhere. And now even eating on the go is is cake. Uh, pardon the bun. Um, <laughs> Carl's Jr. carries the Beyond Burger. Um, uh, let's see. Del Taco carries Beyond Meat. And... Burger King is carrying the impossible burger. And those are just like some of the big, bigger chains out there in the country. Um, lots of burger restaurants like umami burger, fat burger, counter burger. They're all carrying either the beyond burger or the impossible burger. So if people are looking to just try it out and just kind of see how these things taste. Uh, they can go to lots of different restaurants and it's on the menu already. Or you go to a restaurant and just say, hey, do you have a vegan menu? And a lot of restaurants are actually creating a separate vegan menu. And so then you can just choose from there. So it's it's really easy to swap out the animal-based product for the plant-based product when it comes to a lot of different kinds of meats, definitely milk, butter, cheese, that kind of thing. So just swap it out and give it a test drive and see see if you like it. So that's a really easy way to to get started. I love that. And especially, you know, obviously a lot of our listeners are moms. Um, and just to have those easy go-to options right there in your grocery store, you know, you don't have to make everything from home anymore. Like maybe you did 15 years ago, like it's there. Kids really don't even notice the difference. Um, I know my boys, we drink almond milk, um, and almond milk is actually really easy to make as well. So you don't have to be intimidated. There are options and, yeah. Uh, I haven't tried the impossible burger yet, but I'm definitely curious. It's, I'll tell you what, I love the Beyond Burger. It's one of my favorite okay. foods ever. It was the first thing I ate after I gave birth back in November. I was like, I want a Beyond Burger. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say the impossible burger for those that are really looking for something that's very similar to the animal version, the impossible burger is like scary close to cow flesh. It's just like it is crazy. Like it's just, it's wow. really crazy. That one's really, really similar. Um, but speaking of being a mom and having to cook for kids, a lot of the moms that I talk to are like, well, but how do I make sure they're getting enough protein? Right. Not to stop worrying about protein. It's totally a scare tactic. It's a scare tactic from the meat and dairy industry to make you think you have to eat these foods. Mm-hmm. But anyone just looking at the actual nutritional makeup of chicken flesh or cow flesh and and see the protein content, but also see the sodium content, the cholesterol content, the saturated fat content, it, it's just not worth eating. It's not worth eating when you can get everything you need in a, from a clean source, an actual clean source of food by getting it from plants. And you don't really need to worry about protein. It's just it's just one of those crazy things that has so much energy behind it, so much push because it's so easy to scare people into thinking they have to eat animal products. Right. It's just not true. So protein is really a non-issue. What you what you do want to be concerned about as a mom is are they actually getting nutrition? Because even the vegan chicken tenders, if it's an it's if it's the plant-based version of an animal product, chances are there's not a whole lot of nutrition in it mm-hmm. because the animal-based version itself didn't have a lot of nutrition in it to start with. And so we have to be careful with how we get into feeding our kids this processed food. We, we you know, it's for their health benefit. 
you know, we don't want to do that. I know it's so much easier. And even for me, if I'm hungry and I'm, and it's like, you know, 11 PM and she finally went, you know, she was up for an hour and, you know, and now I'm like, I'm awake instead of asleep and not hungry. I open up my freezer, my fridge. I want to grab a bag of the vegan garden chicken tenders because it's so easy. Mm-hmm. I pop it in the microwave and it's so good. But that's not actual nutrition. So people and moms especially have to ask, am I, am I eating and am I feeding my kids just so that they're no longer hungry? Or am I feeding them because I want to actually get real nutrition in their body? Because real nutrition comes from whole plant foods. So just feeding them raw fruits and vegetables, whatever, you know, find the ones that they want to eat. And if you don't introduce the processed foods, at least for as long as possible, then your baby's palate is going to be open to a whole food because it's going to still taste good to them. As soon as you start to feed them the processed foods, they want foods that are going to light up. They're high in sodium or high in free sugars or high in oil. And so if you just don't do that ever, you know, or at least put it off, then they're already set up to want to eat good, nutritious food. And so it's not as difficult as a lot of moms might think like, well, I don't, I just, I I don't want to do it wrong. Well, if you're feeding them animal products, you're, you're already, you've got them on track to have the first stage of heart disease by age 10. Yeah. And, and, and I've heard a lot of studies and, you know, documentaries that have been put out there, like it's already showing up on scans. I mean, it starts that early. It's just astonishing. Uh, uh, Heart disease can actually begin in the womb. Mm. Mom eats a high cholesterol diet. But by age 10, almost every kid in America has the first stage of it. So it's not even just um, markers to show that it's like kind of there. It's the very first stage. It's full on first stage of heart disease at age 10. So if if you're going to be afraid of anything for your children, be afraid that they're eating foods that's going to get them on track to die of a number one killer, even though they don't have to. So instead just have some faith in fruits and vegetables. It, it was a good thing that, you, you know, there, there's been a, a long time tradition in America, eat your vegetables, got to eat your vegetables. Yes. Eat your vegetables, eat your fruit, eat your greens, figure out a way to make them uh, for kids that they'll eat them. Um, in our house, we love the flavored white balsamic vinegars and um, we get them from this place called Sedona Divine. It's out of Sedona, Arizona. We were there for an engine two immersion. So we, for one week, we had to eat all whole foods, no added salt, no added sugars, no added, no oils at all. And coming from, you know, my partner, Sean uh, and I, we love going to like veggie grill and eating the Beyond Burger (laughs) and that to eating whole foods was even a step for us. And we've been vegan a long time. Um, but we did discover things like this white flavored white balsamic vinegar, which uh, up until that point, I wasn't a big fan of like steamed kale or steamed spinach. It just wasn't one of those things that I grew up on and I don't have a taste for it, but I put a little bit of this cranberry pear balsamic vinegar on it. And it's like eating dessert. And the great thing about that is this vinegar actually causes the spinach to, um, release more of something called nitric oxide, not nitrous oxide at the dentist, but nitric oxide. It is the gas that our blood vessels emit uh, so that the blood vessels stay nice and flexible and dilated. And so by eating this yummy food, this white balsamic vinegar with spinach or kale or collards, uh, the foods actually become, becomes more of like a superfood. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's even, even better for us, but it tastes great because it's sweet because of the vinegar and um, now I, now I get my greens in. And so, um, I haven't, I haven't tried it out on my baby girl yet. She's only about seven months. Um, but I know that when she's actually, you know, at, when she turns one year and we're actually feeding her foods, foods, in addition to breast milk, I know that she'll have a higher chance of liking it. Cause it's just not that bland greens, which not a lot of people like, but you find ways to experiment with different things. There's like 30,000 different plant species, edible plant species on the planet. So there's much more to play with cooking wise for the people who do love to cook uh, in the plant kingdom versus the animal kingdom. And so um, it can be really fun if you, if you like to cook, if you don't just find the, find the foods that you like and, and, and just experiment every once in a while, make sure you're getting all your nutrition. That's, that's what it comes down to. And there's apps. I love chronometer, C-R-O-N-O meter.com. 
there's an app that you can buy or the website is free. You just put in what you ate. You had a cup full of cantaloupe and it'll tell you exactly what nutrition is in that cup full of cantaloupe. So you know what you're getting and what you still need to eat for the day to get all of your nutrition from food. I love that. And that's definitely going to be in the show notes along with that flavored white balsamic vinegar. Um, But it just, when you were speaking, it's like, it's like, Parents are so afraid that their kids aren't going to eat this or they're too picky. But when you look at a, the average diet of an American child, I guarantee you there's very little nutrition actually in that in the day, like especially if you have a picky eater. And so, you know, for all of those parents listening who are just maybe a little bit afraid to, to try this out, um, really take a hard look at, at what your child is actually eating in a day and what you're actually eating in a day. And I bet you, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely some room for some improvement. I mean, I know even in my own diet, it's like, I can always be better. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's really hard because our, our taste buds are set up for scarcity. So our taste buds in our brain, they're set up for scarcity. So we survive, um, we survive by being drawn to the high fat foods for one. Mm-hmm. And, and, and companies have been able to uh, develop foods that really spark us when it comes to salt and sugar. So when, when we eat those foods, our brain says, oh yeah, eat more of that because that was either really fun or that was really solidifying our survival because it was high in fat and it's high, it's calorie dense. So so our brains are set up, unfortunately, to get us to want to eat the worst foods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we, you know, it can be a struggle. It can definitely be a struggle. But that's why I say if you don't introduce them in the first place and just try to stick with whole whole foods, plant-based foods, then, then you're less likely to get wrapped up in that cycle of food addiction, really. It's food addiction. And I know I have it. Like, you know, I, like I said, I open up my fridge and I want to make a grilled cheese sandwich with my field roast chow cheese. It's, it's incredible. It's super high in sodium and super high in fat, just like the animal-based version. It doesn't have any cholesterol. So in that way, it's healthier, but it's mm-hmm. just basically salt and fat. And so, and so are um, the, the, a lot of the plant-based meats. It's high salt, high fat, just like the animal version. So it's not nutrition. So it, it, you make a good point take a look, a hard look at what we're actually feeding our kids or what we're eating ourselves. And is there actually any actual nutrition in it? Don't, you're not going to be better off just, you know, not knowing the nutritional makeup of the food and thinking that, well, it's food, so it's got to have something in it. No, you got to take right. a look. What does it actually have? And then that's when you see, when you eat a whole food that comes from the plant kingdom, it's, it's nutrient dense. It's calorie light. So it doesn't have a lot of calories, but it's super dense in its nutrition and its vitamins and minerals, which is, and of course, fiber, fiber only comes from plants. So you can't get fiber from animal products. So do we want to eat to be healthy or do we want to just eat to satisfy the the pleasure center of our brain? It's, you know, which one do we want to do and what, what do we want to instill in our kids? Yeah, that's the big one right there. I think for so many people who maybe struggle and are just very, very busy and they don't care at the end of the day, they just want to feed that hunger. When you when you turn it and you're like, well, what about your child? You know, what kind of adult do you want them to grow into? And you go to any airport in America and you see the state of Americans and what we have become on a physical level, and it's it's kind of scary and it, it breaks my heart and a lot a lot of times because I see kids who are overweight. And, you know, growing up, I never, it was so rare to see a child who was overweight and now you see it everywhere. And you know, it's because they're just eating these processed, you know, animal laden product foods. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. And even the most uh, quote unquote natural and wholesome animal product is still going to be very high in salt and fat and cholesterol. We don't need that added to our diet. We don't need it at all. So so those, those, even though there people want to say, well, I just, you know, I don't eat processed foods. I, I want to eat unprocessed animal products. Mm-hmm. Well, they are worse for your health than processed foods. Those foods are the ones that can actually be linked to heart disease, stroke, a lot of different cancers, type two diabetes, uh, obviously high cholesterol, hypertension, high blood pressure. All those are basically one and the same. So you're not better off eating the quote unquote unprocessed animal product that came from some free range grass fed animal. It's, it's still linked to all the major causes of death. And so I I think people, 
have a hard time believing that because they don't want to think that their government would lie to them, that their doctor would not know because it's set up for doctors not to learn about nutrition in med school. They, you know, because, because we are all more valuable than that. We are not just, you know, faceless pawns consumers for the government. So we're buying the products that they, that they're making money and their constituents or sorry, their, their peers are, are making money from. We deserve more and we are worth more than that. And so people don't want to believe that they've been told something that's wrong because the reason they're told this is because these powers that be want them to be lifetime consumers, stay alive, eating these animal products for as long as possible. You're going to be on medication starting at a pretty early age and stay alive on medication and getting surgeries for as long as possible because you're putting money in their pockets. Right. You want to it's like one system feeds the other. It, it, absolutely. It's, it's, they, they work They're They're the best partnership I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> lucrative partnership out there. So, but I don't want to be sick and my, my actual body being used to make someone else an income. I don't want that. I want to be healthy. I want to live to 120 and still be functional. And it's possible, you know, it's possible to live a long life and still be, uh, you know, lucid and, and capable and not just wheelchair bound or bed bound and with a colostomy bag or on dialysis and on all these medications. It's, you don't, you don't have to live that way. It's the food, it's the animal products that get us there. So it doesn't have to be that way. And the sooner you start looking into it and start, start adding the whole foods to your diet and your kid's diet, you won't be a victim to that. And like, I'm friends with a family with, they have two young kids and they have fed their kids whole foods since the beginning. And they say, my kids don't want to reach for ice cream. They don't want to reach for cookies. They want fruits. They want cherry tomatoes. And that's what they, they love to eat. So it is possible. And if your kids are already on that road of loving chicken nuggets and pizza and cheese sticks, there's a transition. Absolutely. But it's worth it. It's your kids. And we're talking about not just one-off cases of people, you know, getting heart disease at an early age or type two diabetes and all that. We're talking about the thing that kills most people in the country than anything else. And we're talking one in three children uh, to have type two diabetes in their lifetime. Uh, that's just the stats like projected right now. If we keep eating this way, it's just going to get worse and worse. And it's, I just, I don't want that for anyone. I don't want any child to be feeding the cancer promoting system in their body, which is what happens when we eat animal protein. Our, our liver recognizes the, the structure of the protein as something that can be used to build things in the body very quickly uh, the liver will will uh, secrete a growth hormone because it says, oh, we've got all this, this animal protein. It's already ready to go. So let's secrete this uh, IGF-1 growth hormone, which assists in growing. It's a growth hormone. Unfortunately, that IGF-1, if it finds cancer in your body, it's going to want to grow with the cancer too. So mm-hmm. we want low levels of IGF-1. And that's just the natural response to animal protein. So, I mean, I could go on and on about all the different risk factors we have with animal products, whether it's pasture-raised, antibiotic-free, added hormone-free, you know, even though you're eating a body that has hormones in it. Right, right. <laughs> Especially dairy. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, dairy comes from a recently pregnant or already re-impregnated uh, mammalian, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's a, it's a female, she's pregnant or she was recently pregnant and she's lactating. And so there's definitely hormones in that fluid. Right. Right. <laughs> That's got to be like the biggest one of all. I mean, that, that comes to my mind is just that milk and people, they, there's just this disconnect of what it really is, you know, especially I think as mothers, we know what it's like to lactate. We know the hormones that we're feeling in our bodies coursing through to our children. Now just imagine from a huge, massive cow and you're drinking that. Yeah, and that and that breast milk, that cow breast milk, is meant to make their baby go from around seventy pounds to 
upwards of 500 or more pounds in just one year. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's growth, maximum growth fluid. So we don't, we don't want that to go anywhere near our baby's bodies. Exactly. Exactly. And when we, you know, you've talked a lot about the health aspect of it, but I want to touch on too, you know, we talked about caring about our kids and what kind of future we want for them. Can you talk a little bit about animal agriculture and what kind of impact that has on the planet and the planet that our children are going to inherit? Well, it's one of the largest drivers of climate change due to the greenhouse gas emissions. So uh, according to the UN, the, the greenhouse gas uh, gases that are emitted from just the animals themselves, just the animals, is more than the emissions from all vehicles in the entire global transportation industry on the planet. And so to get an idea of how many animals that is, we have, I think it's what, 7.6 billion human beings on the planet, seven around 7.6 billion, but we breed into existence 70 billion land animals per year. That's around 8 million land animals that we're killing for food per hour. So 70 billion are alive and at some point killed during the year. And just to, to get, give you an idea of the rate that we're, you know, we have to breed the animals, raise them. They're killed at different ages. Most of them still very, very much as babies. And it's 8 million animals per hour that we're slaughtering. So that is not only for the ruminant animals like cows and sheep, that's a whole lot of methane coming out of their bodies. These animals eat a whole lot of food every day. They drink a whole lot of water every day, and they create a whole lot of waste uh, from their bodies. I'm talking feces and urine. This is, this, is not, this is not an efficient way of producing food, especially when it's such a dangerous kind of food. So when it comes to beef, we've got... 25 pounds of grain fed to a cow will get you one pound of edible beef. 25 pounds of grain to make it one pound. And we've got almost a billion people going to bed hungry or starving every night, most of them children. Yet we're taking 25 pounds of grain, which could feed 250 people one meal, and we're turning into one pound of beef. It, it's... I mean, it's a, it's a loaded situation where these people that are hungry and starving are mostly people in third world countries that are the poorest of the poor. And we're over here in, in the West with our high animal product diet because we can afford it, even the poorest of us in this country. And then, I mean, oh, it's animal agriculture has its hands in everything. But um, so we're wasting resources, which and. And making those resources, growing those plants, harvesting, you know, taking that water, those are not carbon neutral actions. They're the, you know, they're very heavily, um, you know, there's a lot of greenhouse gases that come from all of those activities. Planting all of the feed crops where in America, around 45% of our usable land in America is covered in feed crops or factory farms. That's crazy. People talk about us being overpopulated when half the country is being used to grow corn or soybeans to feed to animals. Uh, It takes 2,500 gallons of water to make one pound of beef. 2,500 gallons. That's more water than taking a 10-minute shower every day for four months. Hmm. So it's, I mean, yes, the greenhouse gas emissions is terrible and and driving us towards heating up the planet. which just makes it scary for future generations with how warm it's going to be causing catastrophic weather conditions, causing uh, water outages, droughts, causing flooding and hurricanes. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. And then just how much we have to feed the animals to get a very small amount of food is crazy too. None of it makes sense. And the only reason it's happening is because the people who are doing it, these industries that are doing it are making a whole lot of money doing it. There is not mm-hmm. broccoli lobby, for example, with our government. <laughs> there is no broccoli. <laughs> uh, There's and, no one owning the celery juice industry at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so we actually, there's so much to go up against. Uh, lobbies are powerful, especially when it comes from meat and dairy. I mean, there's a school in Florida who wanted to take dairy completely out of their cafeterias and 
and if and they were threatened that if they did, they would stop receive the, uh, receiving the federal funding for food for school mm-hmm. because dairy had to be on the menu uh, because it's healthy. No, because the dairy industry is making money from this. And they are not going to let somebody just start to take it off the menu. That's why the dairy industry is still on the food plate. If, for those that don't know, the United States Department of Agriculture is responsible for telling the American people what to eat to be healthy. And they're also responsible for supporting the meat and dairy farmers of this country. Talk about a conflict of interest. It's unreal. And there is no scientific evidence showing that dairy is good for our health. As a matter of fact, it's all the opposite. Dairy being, uh, you know, heavily full of growth hormones drives reproductive cancers like breast cancer and ovarian cancer, which is why the countries out there that have very little dairy consumption have the lowest rates of reproductive cancers. And the countries that have the highest dairy consumption have crazy rates of reproductive cancers, and they also have crazy rates and the highest rates of osteoporosis. So clearly, if cow's milk was so good for our bones, why do we have osteo- osteoporosis? It, so much of it. It's not just we have a little bit. We have the most of it. The people with the most dairy consumption have the highest osteoporosis rates. It's, it's all super backwards. So something is wrong, and we can actually completely step out of that circle of becoming this lifelong consumer of animal products, medications, surgeries, and early death, we can completely step outside of that circle and say, I'm not going to support you. I'm not going to support the oppression of factory farm and slaughterhouse workers, which who wants to work in a slaughterhouse? Nobody. Nobody wants to work in a slaughterhouse. But we're paying for the product, so we're making that job demand there. And these people that work there, most of them, don't have much of a choice. It's either here at this job, this very dangerous job that causes a lot of PTSD and is dirty and just awful in every way, or they just can't feed their families. And according to the USDA USDA itself, 78% of the workforce are undocumented workers, which means they have a short life cycle for their job because they have to be fired in a certain time so that the company doesn't get in trouble for hiring undocumented workers. I mean, the, the oppression is rampant everywhere in animal agriculture. But we have the power to say, not not from my body, not from my planet, and definitely not from my kids. And that's just by adding more whole food plant-based, whole whole food sources from plant the plant kingdom to your diet. Fruits, vegetables, greens, beans, grains, and don't worry about protein. Just have fun with it. Find these foods that your kids love to eat. It's so easy to pack up fruits and vegetables in a in a you know a lunchbox. And, uh, you know, there's so many resources online. There's 21daykickstart.org. That's from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. These doctors that are standing up against the meat and dairy industry and the USDA to say, no, the science is, is here. The uh, processed meats are a group one carcinogen, same as cigarettes. Red meats are a group two carcinogen. Uh, and so it, here's the science. Stop telling people to eat these foods because it's making us sick. And then, you know, less people are sick. We save money on healthcare. Everything gets better. Climate change slows down. We have less oppression of, of low-income communities and these, these poor workers. Our kids are healthier. We're healthier. We live longer, you know, and everything gets better when we, that's in our I love that. And that's really, I mean, that's why I loved having you on the show today is because I don't want it to come off as doom and gloom and we're in a terrible state, even though we kind of are. Um, but I want to be able to spotlight you and your voice and, and the things that you've learned over the years so that the listener, you guys feel empowered. You know, you feel empowered to take back your health, take back the health of your children and fight against the power as big as it is, um, as you know, they're in our kids' schools and they're not leaving anytime soon, but at least, you know, so that you can make choices and impact others, uh, that in, in a way that's going to improve their health and potentially change their life and change the life of the planet. So, I mean, this is huge, this is major. And so I'm so honored that, um, you're here today to talk about this. I'm so honored to be here. And I, I love talking about this because I, I don't want to doom, be doom and gloom either. I want people to realize the power that is in their hand mm-hmm. as they reach in their wallet. Right. <laughs> they have so much power to just say, no, 
no, thank you. I will not be a part of that. I'm not going to be your cash cow for the lack of a better phrase uh, of you making money off of the products I'm buying and the medications I'll need and the surgeries that I'll need. I'm not going to. No, it's just a big no. I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to have a low impact on the planet, and which means the planet's around longer for my children. That power, these industries are so scared, so scared of that power. They are terrified of that power, but everybody has it. And so I want people to use it because I want people to be around. I want, I want the, uh, you know, young children, uh, when they get older and decide to do something crazy, like get married or, or (laughs) graduate from law school, I want their parents to be around to witness it and not have died of a heart attack or, you know, nursery nursing home because they, they're, Un, you know, they're, they're not functional because they have had a stroke. I want these people to be around to enjoy their families. I, you know, I just, just recently, uh, the husband of someone I admire, admire very much died of a heart attack. And I, I'm just, you know, it's just, it's stunning to me because this doesn't have to happen. The, you know, the vast majority of it just doesn't have to happen. And so people need to know how much power they hold how much power over their own health, their children's health. You start early and you secure that. But I mean, even if you didn't start early, we're capable of change. Human beings are very adaptable, so we can do it. It It might take a little more work and effort, but we can. We're so capable and our bodies want to stay healthy. They want to stay healed if we put in the right fuel. Absolutely. I think that's been my biggest takeaway. Um, but I always end with some rapid fire questions. If you are ready. All right. I'm ready. Okay. True health is. True health is eating a whole foods, plant-based diet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for people like you who have a platform and want to talk about these, these topics because you are empowering the people to be more powerful in their health and more powerful in their voice. Hell yeah. Um, (laughs) and what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on that I did not need to eat animal products Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that it was actually bad for me. Uh, I wish somebody would have told me that, you know, from day one. Well, you're making up for it now. And I am just such a huge fan of the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for speaking up for these animals and for the health of our children and everyone in this country and the world. You're welcome. Anyone wants to learn more about what I do with the SAVE movement, they can go to lanimalsave.org and uh, check out and see, especially if they're Los Angeles, come down to a vigil and give these animals water and look at them, see that they're no different from our dogs and cats that we love and extend that feel, feel how it feels to extend that compassion towards them. It, it's something that you won't regret. So check us out at laanimalsave.org. And are you on Instagram as well? Yes. LA animal save on Instagram. Okay. And of course all that will be in the show notes, but again, thank you so much, Amy. And, uh, can't wait to keep sharing your light and your work with the world. Um, even after this interview is done. Awesome. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you got something out of this episode, please share it on your Instagram. Please leave us a review on iTunes, um, and, and let us know what you thought, because this is how we make the show better and better and better. And when you share it and when you leave reviews, that's how more people actually find the show. So if you love this show, if you tune in each and every week, Um, just giving us that little bit of attention in this moment right after listening would mean so much. Thanks guys.